Good morning. We welcome you to the services of the Boonville Church of Christ. If you're visiting with us, you're our honored guest. We would certainly like to get a record of everyone's atten uh, attendance today. There is a friendship register on each pew. We'd ask that you start pass that down and everyone fill that out. If you're joining us on social media, we welcome you this morning. You can see on the screen, Grasping the Opportunity, our theme for 2024. Brother Ken is going to be speaking with that as a title today. Also leading us in our worship today, Brother Joe Garrett will be leading singing. Ronnie Johnson has the opening prayer. Sam English, the scripture reading. Jordan Coates will lead us as we observe the Lord's Supper and Tommy Barragona will have the announcements and closing prayer. As we begin today, would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, you are so wonderful. You're all-powerful. You're all-loving. And we're so honored to be able to worship thee this morning. We pray that as we go through this new year, you would help us to see the opportunities that are before us and help us to be motivated to grasp them and do your will. We pray that our worship today would be pleasing in your sight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. If you're singing from the songbook, first song will be number 570. 570. <clears throat> Oh, 
Next, next song will be Take Time to Be Holy. If you're singing from the book, number 731. gracious Father in heaven, as we come to thee today, we come to thee so very thankful, so very thankful that our words are almost not adequate to express how thankful we are that you decided to give us the opportunity to live and to accept your word and to accept your son and have hope of eternal life if we just do what he told us to do. That's such an amazing gift, Father. It's hard for us to imagine that you love us so much that you give us that opportunity, that you'd let him come to this earth and live as one of us, but yet live that sinless life that through his perfection that we can have that hope. Father, as we go into this service, we ask you to bless each and every one of us with our ears to listen, to hear thy word, to put it to use in our lives and help us to live to be better people and through us living to be better people that maybe we can just bring someone else to knowing Jesus Christ for the redemption of their sins. Father, we bless the sick. We ask you to bless the sick of this church. You know who they are, Father. They're in so much need of your help. And we ask that you would just let them return to their normal walks of life, it could be thy will. Father, through the remaining part of this service, be with us, and be with us always, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.
Number 166, if you're singing from the book. <clears throat> and if you'd like to mark the invitation song, it'll be 945. <clears throat> 166. <clears throat> All day long of Jesus I am singing Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. First Sunday of 2024. So when you're writing your checks and filling out things, you've been warned. The year is here and we're embarking upon it. And our new theme, we are grasping the opportunity that's before us. Every year I go to Brant and I say, hey, will you create a slide that somehow reflects the theme that we're going to be looking at for the year? And he always comes through in this year. He did another outstanding job. So I really appreciate Brant and the work that he does, his creative nature. And I appreciate all of you being here this Sunday as we kick off this year with anticipation of the Lord doing great things in the Boonville Church. Now, 
I noticed a couple of folks that have been down over several weeks or have had surgery assembled here with us today. Doug Greenway had some surgery earlier this week, and it's remarkable that he's here and we are blessed by his presence. And Ray Miller is back. He had some uh, back surgery a while ago, but he's back in our assembly. And I know that there are various ailments that are sitting in the pews today, and you have to shift and turn, but you are here. And I want you to know that that is a tremendous encouragement to all of us. And also, given that this is the first Sunday of the year, I'll just remind you, there are some of you in this audience that know this very well, but about six months ago, I showed everybody this little form right here. It says servant, uh, sermon notes for kids on the top of it. And I challenged our children to be sermon notes scribes. Just take this, fill it out, and if you will, put it in my box and I'll accumulate them. And then at the end of the year, I wanna recognize the person who did the most of those. Well, you know what? It, it, is, it is so great to go to my office and to see my box filled with these sheets of paper that have within them not only all the notes from the sermon and key words or maybe words that were difficult and they didn't quite understand and prayer concerns that they have noted, their favorite song that was led, all of that right there on that sheet, telling me that, well, I don't know what the adults are doing, but I know the kids are paying very close attention and writing down a lot of things that I have to say every Sunday. Some of you, I challenge, you'll say, Ken, good sermon today. I'll say, well, what was it about? You, uh, 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 uh. But I'm pretty sure if I asked one of those kids, they'd know exactly what the sermon was about. So um, we have, Jimmy and I got together and we actually posted through the year. You could check on the progress. The names, and if you have one of these bulletins, just look at that list of children that have filled out sheets who are the sermon notes scribes of this congregation. And it is just quite amazing. But over the course of these six months, I had three girls who completed 22 of those in those six months. Phelan Hodgen, Annalise Sparks, and Zoe Wade. Would the three of you, if you're here today, would you come up here? I have something for you. That's for you. Use them in good health. <laughs> and this is for you. Thank you. There we go. I was afraid you weren't going to be here. There you go. They're actually gel pens. Just about every kind of color you can imagine. Uh, they do that on these sheets is kind of what prompts that. Um, not only do they write down the facts, but apparently they have a lot of fun doing it and draw lots of pictures and one of these days, why don't you just stop by my office and say, hey, I'd kind of like to see those. And you are just going to be amazed because it isn't just the front. You see, the back has lots of room for artwork. <laughs> 
The reason this thing got started is because a volunteer put his sheet in my box. And that was Hunter Timms. And after he did that, I went to Jimmy and I said, you know, that's amazing. He sat here and actually wrote, absolutely paid close attention. She said, you wouldn't realize it, and I don't know about the other kids, but I know Phelan is already doing that every week. She's writing down notes. And I thought, wow, what a great opportunity. Our kids can really gain a lot from this exercise. So here's the news, kids. We're going to start all over, okay? If you'd like to get one of those sheets, fill it out, put it in my box. The next Sunday, you'll find your name in the bulletin with a one beside it. And hopefully by this time next year, if the Lord will allow it, there will be somebody in this congregation who will have filled out 52 of them. Is that possible? Let's do this. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for your participation in that. And parents, I just, it's been said over and over and over again, but you are doing such a great job. And thank you for the attention that you give to your children. They come back on Sunday night and then it's thrilling to see them assembled up here in the front and participating in kids sing. Just really am thankful for the potential that lies in all of our children. I, I like this right here too. Although it's quite intimidating to have these teens sitting in the front. I just think that is a tribute to our congregation. All right, we're gonna pray for our sick. We're gonna thank God for this occasion and we're gonna be praying about the presentation today. My sermon is grasping the opportunity. I'm gonna lay out for you basically a synopsis of the series of lessons that I'm going to be presenting this year. Just a little snippet of information Hopefully that will wet your whistle. You'll be here to hear those lessons as they are fleshed out. But I believe that now's the time. We have a fresh year ahead of us and God will provide the opportunities. The only question is, will we grasp them? Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for this day in particular, the first day of the week, the first day of this month, the first day of this year. You have granted us life until this moment. Some of us have been beset by illness and surgery. We have a couple of those returned here today with Doug and Ray, and we thank you for that. But despite those circumstances that are experienced broadly in this congregation, we are so thankful that we have the health and strength to be able to assemble here today. I pray, Lord, that you'll help me to communicate in the best way I know how what it is that I intend to express on your behalf through your word about this mindset that we are going to have, a theme. It's a mindset. I pray, Lord, that you will motivate us in every way to grasp the opportunities that are right there in front of us. Help us not to be afraid. Help us to be courageous and to excel in those things. 
to have enthusiasm and just to be fired up about our work with you. Lord, I pray you will help me to communicate that idea to this audience today. And I pray, Lord, that those who hear these words, that they'll see the urgency of this cry of yours from the scriptures to act on the things that are right there in our hands. Give us the equipment to be able to do it and let us see the success of it as is according to your own will. Thank you for the blessing that you will put on all of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So two years ago, it was Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The theme was the power of one. And my hope was just to simply realize that every single one of us can accomplish great things if we are working with the Lord. So the point of that was to build and develop our lives in such a way that we don't just rely or depend upon ourselves, but that we are going to depend wholly and completely upon the Lord. But that isn't enough. It isn't enough just to be confident that that is true. We've got to let go of some things that have been holding us back in the past, and we've got to look forward. So last year, our theme was to reach forward taken from Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so we built this confidence and this trust in the Lord that we can do anything. And then we hopefully were inspired to reach forward, to, to start grasping ahead. Forget the stuff that's behind us. Let the baggage of the past be cut from us and we move and sail forward. And then it just seemed to me the natural progression of those thoughts was now with this sense of urgency in moving forward that we grab a hold of the things that we are approaching. And I'm describing those as the opportunities that God places before us. And Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 is a powerful text of Scripture. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you are going. You are not going to accomplish anything once you die. It's going to be all over. The book's going to have been written. And your opportunity for advancement, your opportunity to do some grand thing for the Lord on his behalf, under his power, that's going to be gone. You will have now faced the reality of the choices that you made while here. But as long as life is with you, as long as you have hands to work, so to speak, as long as God is putting things in those hands, I've been reaching forward. If I will grasp the opportunity that's before me, I have a responsibility now to act on that opportunity. 
There are some folks who grasp opportunities and I mean, they just fly away. They're filled with excitement and enthusiasm. They just have the energy to go forward. There is no opportunity too great that they won't grasp it and run with it. But there are also people who seem to recoil at the very same opportunities. And they recoil out of being afraid, filled with fear. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, that scripture says that God did not create us with a sense of fear. That's not what he looks to see in us. But what he has given us aside from what seems to be a very common spirit of fear, is power and love and a sound mind. Let's don't be that way. Let's don't be the people who cower in fear at the opportunities that come around. Let's not be the people who say, that's not for me, that doesn't fit, I can't do it. Let's be convinced that, yes, the Lord is with me and that I can do all things. Let's let go of the baggage of the past that that stood as a testament of what we could not do. And let's be confident in the Lord who's with us that we can accomplish some great thing for him. And when the opportunity arises, let's grasp it. Now, it seems to me that in order to overcome the the fear, the anxiety that sometimes overwhelms us when opportunities present themselves that seem to be too great for us, seems that maybe we should work on some strategies that would help us to overcome that and get on with the work of the Lord, no matter what that work might be. So today, I want to review with you a handful of strategies ways of thinking that will set us up to grasp the opportunities that are before us. First thing that we've got to do is assess ourselves. Look at myself. Who am I? What is it that I really can do? Assessing yourself is about self-knowledge. You know, know yourself have a sense of what you're capable of, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, perhaps. It's assessing ourselves and determining, okay, who who am I? What what is it that I can do? I I would say the first place to start would just to be look at the things that you're good at. You know, what is it that I typically find myself doing What is it that I find joy in? What is a thing that I am passionate about? You didn't just wake up one day and have those. Those perhaps are a response to the nature of yourself. Some of us are very high strung in our personalities. Others are a little bit more subdued, but we tend to gravitate to certain types of of activities that manifest themselves in all manner of ways. What is it that you feel most comfortable in? Maybe it is that avenue that will lead to some great opportunity for the Lord's work. Maybe it is something that is 
maybe unrecognized. You know about it, but others don't. And if they found out that you gravitated in a certain direction, may they be shocked. They're like, I had no idea. Maybe in that sense, you feel a little bit unutilized. Wouldn't it be great if something were discovered in you that maybe nobody else had that talent for? that could be harnessed in order to bring incredible glory to God. Now, as a member of this congregation, not only would that bring glory to God, but it would bless and encourage the membership of this church because, after all, you and I, we are members of one another in this body. In Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 3, Paul says, For I say through the grace of God to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members of that body having the same function, he said, so those members working together uh, bring a compliment to one another. And he examined himself. He said, okay, maybe, maybe it's teaching. If it's teaching, then be sure that you teach. If it's a matter of giving, then make sure that you give. Whatever it is that you can do, do all of those things to the glory of God. So what is it that I can do? What is it when I assess myself, when I look deep within who it is that I am, my, my identity, is it something that's very apparent? Can I put that to the work of God? Or is it something that is as yet untapped and yet something that I gravitate to. Maybe something I always wanted to do. It's important that we know ourselves, that we assess our situation. And we also need to be observant. Louis Pasteur is famous for saying that chance favors the prepared mind. Chance favors the prepared mind. But actually, that's not the whole of the statement. He says, where observation is employed, chance favors the prepared mind. Now, I want to kind of tweak that a little bit because I don't believe in chance. I believe that God gives us true opportunities and he's behind those opportunities. So I'm going to say that whereas observation is concerned, that opportunity favors the prepared mind. What do you mean by that, Ken? Well, let's look at the key words. Observation, opportunity, and being prepared. If I have prepared myself, and by the way, haven't we spent two years already? Preparing ourselves for this moment. I'm trusting that the Lord's there and I'm letting go of the past and reaching forward. Now I'm ready to go. So I have prepared myself. And when the opportunity presents itself, I'm going to grab it. But I've got to be observant. That is, I've got to have my eyes open and be ready when the opportunity presents itself. Now I'm thinking about a chicken in the barnyard right now. You know, a chicken, man, they just scratch and claw and peck in every direction. 
It's just like a frenetic sort of operation. It's just they'll go this way for one minute, then they'll turn very quickly and go the other way. It seems senseless. But actually, that chicken has prepared itself for an opportunity. It's looking for something to eat. And so it's just going around, and as soon as it sees the opportunity for food, it doesn't sit there and go, I don't know. I ate that last week, and I didn't like it so well. Ooh, I don't like worms. Or It doesn't stand there and debate itself. It just takes a peck. As soon as the opportunity arises, bang, that chicken acts. <laughs> if I were to encourage you to do anything today, I'd say, be a chicken. <laughs> be, be a chicken. When you see an opportunity, don't just stand there and start analyzing it and, and trying to ascertain, can I do this? Can I? Just act on it. Take a shot at it. I'm reminded of something that the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. He said to walk circumspectly. And he says to do so, redeeming the time. And the reason that you redeem the time is because the days are evil. Walk circumspectly. It's, it's kind of like, well, better than, but kind of like the chicken, in that you have your head on a swivel. You are constantly looking for something to be able to do. Why do you do it? Why the urgency? Well, just like Solomon said in our text that there isn't anything you can do after this life, Paul inserts that very same concept in that, you know what? The days are evil. The days are coming to an end. It's time to act now. Don't be a fool, he said, but be wise in it. In other words, I'm not just kind of taking shots at things. I'm not just going around willy-nilly in my life with no, with no concept of what needs to be accomplished. I have a sense of my purpose. And when that opportunity arises, I'm not a fool who just kind of reacts in a knee-jerk fashion. I, I'm already prepared. I've already set myself up for this opportunity. And now that it's here, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to grab it. Be certain that as you're walking in these latter days, that you keep your head on the swivel, that you're looking for an opportunity to serve the Lord in some way, perhaps a way that you are very uniquely talented and prepared to act. Maybe it's only you. Expect the unexpected. You say, I'm ready. I, I'm, I'm set on go. Maybe you already have in mind exactly how it is this thing's going to work out. And so what you're looking for is something that fits the design that you've already established in your mind. I, I would just go ahead and suggest you not do that. <laughs> there might be some kind of loose idea of how you want to do it, but the Lord, the Lord works in a lot of unusual ways. 
For instance, I'm going to think about the Apostle Paul. Uh, first, Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus is converted. And hey, Saul, by the way, here's what I'm going to do with you. I I'm going to use you as an apostle to the Gentiles. You're going to go to the Gentiles. And then eventually, you're going to have an opportunity to preach the gospels to kings. And those are in great authority. And you know, eventually down the line comes the idea, wait a minute, I'm going to be able to preach the gospel in the household of Caesar? Wow! And so here's the Apostle Paul. He knows how this thing is supposed to go. It's my job to go to the Gentiles. It's going to be torturous and difficult. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he just lists a, a whole, whole, mass of events that had happened to him in his life, any one of which would mostly have set folks in the ditch. But he had endured all those things. But keeping in mind, the Lord said, here's your destination, so maybe that empowers you. If you know kind of what the end's going to be like, you can endure a lot in the middle. And so I kind of see that, not that... Not that I would put myself up and say, yeah, Lord, do that to me. I don't want that. But Paul, he knew what the end was supposed to look like. And so maybe that helped fuel some of this courage and this dedication. I'm not giving up on the Lord because he's already shown me the way. But you know, that isn't how it went for Joseph, is it? Joseph... He went into the pit. He went into Pharaoh's household. Um, he went into Potiphar's household. He went into jail, not knowing what the end might be. Well, Ken, what was it that kept him so faithful? Well, it wasn't the idea, you know, if I hang in here, the Lord's shown me I'll, I'll be in Pharaoh's palace here before long. He, he didn't have that insight. All that Joseph knew was that he was going to be faithful to the Lord no matter what. Whether it turns out well or not, hey, peace, that's okay. I'm still going to trust the Lord. I'm going to let his way be my way. And so whether he was in the pit or mistreated, as a result of his faithfulness in Potiphar's house, or whether he was in jail for a time, didn't matter to him, still going to be faithful to God. And of course, God blessed him. I don't know how it'll be for you. It may be that it's clear cut exactly what your life is going to be. And maybe that will give you stamina and strength and courage and all those things. That, that's wonderful. But for most of us, there is a kind of blindness. I, I don't really know where the next step will take me. Would we have the faith of Joseph to keep going and be true to him no matter what? I, I certainly hope so. One thing about God that is evidently clear, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, the Lord said, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts greater than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. I've just got to learn as I'm grasping opportunities to expect the unexpected. I also, I need to be flexible in, in my thinking. 
flexible in the sense that, okay, I know that there are going to be lots of opportunities lying around here. And there are. There are going to be plenty, plenty of opportunities. And I might get frustrated. I may lay hold of something and say, this is my thing, Ken. Ken, you know, I, I prepare my whole life for this. And I'm confident this is what God wants me to do. Maybe actually it isn't. And as hard as you try to get the thing going and to be successful, it keeps falling down on its face. I'm not saying that this ultimately might be something that God wants you to pursue, but maybe he doesn't want you pursuing it right now. Maybe he has something else in mind before that grand opportunity that you have in your mind. And I'm thinking about the Apostle Paul, and this, this situation is described in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10. It's known generally among us as the Macedonian call. So the Apostle Paul is set to go into the city of Bithynia. In his mind, I'm about to knock the door down into Asia. What a great opportunity. And think of all that God has invested in me so that this will be a success. Oh, I can't wait. Except that the Spirit forbids him to do so. You're not going into Asia. And so in a vision, there is a man from Macedonia who calls out to Paul, come and save us. And so Paul and his companions take that to be insight into the new work that they would do, the work in Macedonia. And by the way, historically, Macedonia would become the period, uh, an, an area that we would describe as Europe. And I, among many other basically European type people, am very thankful, aren't you? that the Apostle Paul went into Macedonia and was able to preach the gospel and that subsequent generations of preaching that gospel ultimately landed in the home in which I was raised so that I could obey the gospel. I'm pretty thankful that Paul didn't go into Asia, that he did go into Macedonia. Now, did he go into Asia? Yeah, he did, eventually, in the latter part of his missionary work. You say, well... That was a great opportunity. To, that's, yeah, sure. But just because I think it ought to go in one particular order or another doesn't mean that that's what God wants me to do. So I need to, I need to set my mind as being flexible in regard to the things that I take on. And I also need to be intentional. And when I say intentional, I'm talking about the sense of preparing myself. I need to intentionally uh, lay out the plan, at least as regards my own mind. What am I capable of? What can I do? How can I enhance that? So can I learn more about the skills that I have? Can I develop these skills further? Can I make myself better equipped in order to serve the Lord? And the reason I say that is directly off of our theme text. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10. Listen to it now again. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Let's back up and think about what whatever might mean. <laughs> it might be the thing that you weren't thinking of. We tend to do what we're most comfortable doing. The thing that stays within our comfort zone but this text does not say, hey, you know that thing that you're already doing? 
the thing that has been in your hand all this time, that take that and then give all of your attention to that. That's not what he says. Whatever it is that your hand finds to do, maybe you stumble on something you never imagined in a million years you might participate in. But maybe it's actually that thing that you will soar in, that you will find excellence in, that will become your life's passion. Who knows? But we need to be people who are very intentional about setting ourselves up so that when that opportunity, whatever it is, whatever our hand finds to do, we will be ready to act in it. And we need to be transparent. And when I say transparent, I'm talking about our relationship with God, not necessarily amongst ourselves, because we're a body, and so we're interlocked that way. I'm talking about being transparent with God. You say, well, Ken, that seems nonsensical uh, to me because God knows me already, you know. Why would I do that? Well, just simply to ask that question opens up a whole can of questions. I mean, if God already knows me, why do I pray at all? You know, why, why do I extend myself to him? Why do I even pay attention to him if he's just kind of organizing it and running it? That is not the kind of relationship God is seeking from us. God wants us to be honest with ourselves and honest with him. That's all the idea of confession and repentance. When we come in confession, it's not like we're showing God something he didn't know about us. Of course he knew it. In fact, that was the thing that was separating us from him. But his desire is that we will come to terms with it ourselves, divest ourselves of that sin and move forward. And so he is very interested in that conversation. We were talking about anxiety and fear a moment ago as being those limiting factors in terms of our taking on opportunities. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to, guess who? God. Let your request be made known to God. And then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Perhaps part of that is God just imparting peace, but I tend to think that a lot of that is the peace that comes simply through the process of emptying ourselves, of saying, God, here's the anxiety and the fear. I'm just, I'm through carrying this. I want your help. That's the kind of communicating that we're looking to do with God. And I would suggest that we take some risks. When I say risks, I'm talking about thinking outside the box. Maybe doing some things that we never thought or saw ourselves doing. That's going to require development maybe of some new skills, things we didn't even know we could do before. It's going to require us to have a mind that I'm not going to be afraid. I'm, I'm willing to step out here and... Maybe try something where I'll fall flat on my face, but that's okay. I'm going to trust God that that isn't going to happen. I'm trusting that this thing is according to his will and by virtue of God's participation in this thing, I'm confident that I can move forward to success. I'm willing to take the risk because I trust God. And by the way, I'll just go ahead and tell you, this is a rigged system. If I'm walking with God, 
It's always rigged in my favor. If I'm set to do the will of God, back up. God's will, is it going to be accomplished or not? Absolutely yes. And so if I'm aligning myself with the will of God, then it's fixed. I'm going to be successful. Now, as we reviewed earlier, maybe it is, oh boy, I get the cart before the horse and I'm charging forward. Maybe I'm running ahead of God. But once I get that thing in the right order, and once I am truly submitting myself to God's direction, it is a rigged game. I am going to have success to his glory because the will that I am seeking is his will. It's one and the same. And God's will is always going to be accomplished. That's what we've talked about for two years. The power of one, knowing that God will give us the success because Jesus is walking with us. And the reaching forward aspect, leaving the stuff behind and moving ahead. One thing that I want to instill in us is that we don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Thomas Edison, famous inventor, he said this about success. He says, success will come to the person who does it one more time. One more time. You've tried it a hundred times, a hundred different ways. But who knows whether the hundred and first time might be the successful time. I don't know about you, but with God by my side, I am willing to be as dogged as anybody could possibly be. If this is what God wants accomplished in this community here, then I'm going to turn over every stone to see that it is done. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to move on to the next thing until we find, Thomas Edison, thank you very much, success. Just one more time. Is that biblical? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain. Give it your best effort. You're not going to lose in that attempt. Or Galatians chapter 6, 7 and following, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. He who sows the flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit, well, of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And do not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, that is when the time is right, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Don't give up ever, ever. Don't stop. There is success in the attempt to do the will of God and God will make it 
So, and I would suggest that we be very proactive. And when I mean proactive, I'm talking about the person who is a self-starter. I don't need somebody behind me cracking the whip, hoping that I'll do the right thing. I will just set my mind on it. I'll grab the opportunity when it comes. And nobody, the Lord himself, will not have to worry about me. I am going to do it. (laughs) I am determined to do it. Oh boy, aren't there some fearful circumstances? In Acts chapter 18, verses 24 to 28, Aquila and Priscilla found themselves in such a situation. They're good, faithful people. A great couple, evangelistic. But they are hearing from a man by the name of Apollos, who is eloquent and mighty in the scriptures. And he has a very fervent spirit. And what he's teaching actually is true with regard to the Lord. The only hang-up that he has is the baptism of John. What are we going to do? Should we tell the preacher? Should we tell the elders? Should we we try to, I don't know, maybe maybe get some folks to run up and get some of the elder, uh, the the apostles to come down here and straighten this guy out? What what are we going to do? They were proactive. They say, you know what? (laughs) We know exactly what to do. We don't need the apostles. We don't need the elders. We don't need our preacher. We can do this. And so they took Apollos, whom I I can only imagine how they felt. The butterflies, the, the, the anxiety, the fear. I mean, who am I to speak to this man who's eloquent and mighty in the Scriptures? And for the most part, everything he has to say about the Lord for sure is true. The only hang up he's got is, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm going to do the right thing. And so they go and they take him aside. They... They instruct him further in the way, and then he just takes that, that, you know, that eloquence and that, that mighty work in the Scripture and that fervency, and then he just goes on and really impacts the first century church in a, in a terrific way. Had it not been for Aquila and Priscilla, who knows whether he had really gone off the rails at some point and become a threat With his following, he had become a threat to the church rather than such a blessing. It's all because those two were proactive. They said, right here's an opportunity. I am not going to wait a week or two weeks or a month. I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do it. I can do it, and I am not afraid. And then I would suggest that we... We need to learn how to be interested in networking. And when I'm talking about networking, I mean working together. Not flying solo, not, not you know, looking for the pat on the back, and not, not trying to bring glory to ourselves or wondering why somebody didn't say this or that. Working together to one glory, and that being the glory of God. So, 
I want to be able to communicate better with people. I want to be able to collaborate with people. And when I'm working with them, to be a source of encouragement and delight. Because the more people enjoy being with you, the better they're going to work with you. It would mean that we need to learn to listen more, to really hear what people are saying. And then when we speak or we add something to this collaboration that we can be depended on to fulfill what it is that we promised to do. And then we're going to be a team player. It's not about my work or your work. It's about our work. That's how they did it in the first century. I think that's why the church was so successful, so successful going so many places. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and following, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he who plants anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You're God's field, you're God's building. We are. We are laboring together in this with God. Yes. Whatever it is that your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For there's no work, device, or knowledge, or wisdom in the grave where you're going. The time's now. The time is now to grasp the opportunity. I want us to grasp that opportunity with excitement, enthusiasm, lots of energy. I want us to move forward quickly. Let's not recoil in anxiety and fear. If you're a child of God, you're already committed to this. You signed up. Let's see it through, okay? Let's be one in this endeavor with God. And he will bless it beyond what we could possibly imagine. And if you're not a child of God today, today, the, the first day of this year, the first step would be to obey the gospel. Today, believing Jesus is the Son of God, you can confess your faith in him that he's the Son of God, that God raised him from the dead. Repenting of your sins, turning your life completely around, giving it to the Lord, be buried in water, dying to self, dying to the sinful person that you were when you walked in this building and rising up out of that water in resurrection with Jesus, a new creature. Today can be an extraordinary day of new beginnings. Let's begin that today with you, okay? If you need to respond, why don't you come now while we stand together and sing. Kneel at the cross, carry through
time we'll sing a song to help prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. <clears throat> Please raise your hand at this time. We often go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 uh, to be mindful of the Lord's Supper. So that's where we'll be this morning if you want to turn there with me. We look at verse 23, beginning verse 23, it uh, goes over the purpose of the bread and the purpose of the cup. So I'll read verse 23 through 25. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. Gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he also took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant established by my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Uh, so I want to focus on down in verse 27 this morning on the self-examination portion. Uh, it tells us where our minds are supposed to be as we do this. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself. In this way, he should eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So uh, as we think about all this and we're mindful of Jesus and his death and we're examining our own lives, um, let's just remember all this as we go to God in prayer to bless the bread. 
Father in heaven, God, we humbly approach your throne today in remembrance of your son. As we focus our thoughts on his sacrifice for us and all the things he went through as part of that sacrifice, we're mindful of his body, we're mindful of the abuse and torture his body endured as he took our place on the cross. As we partake of this bread which represents his body, uh, we ask we, that we examine ourselves and our own lives and we pray uh, that we're partaking in a worthy manner, God. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give thanks for the cup. Heavenly Father, we approach you again uh, to thank you for this cup. It represents Christ's blood. We pray that we will be mindful of the blood that it represents and focus our minds on that, uh, on the blood that Jesus shed as he took our place. We pray that we remember this sacrifice as we go throughout our week and that we'll be in the front of our minds and each decision we make. Again, we pray that we partake of this in a manner that's pleasing to you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. And I have brought to thee so thankful for this day and the many blessings you've given us. We give thanks, Father, for the means you have provided to provide for our needs. We pray now, Father, as we give back of a portion of that which we received, may we do so willingly and not grudgingly. And we pray, Father, that you will be with us throughout the remainder of our lives. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Just uh, one more, one announcement for Brother Tommy gets up here. There's an area-wide youth devo here on the 21st, at starting at five. We're going to need a lot of, lot of, a lot of food. Like we expect, like 250 folks. So um, we're going to do a taco, a taco bar, walking tacos, whatever. So there'll be a sign-up sheet in the foyer tonight. I was supposed to have it out this morning, and well, I didn't get it done. So um, we're going to have a sign-up sheet in the foyer tonight with all the lettuce and tomato and things like that. We'll have spots for people to sign up for. Thank you. I'm so thankful for the theme for this year, grasping the opportunities, because the Lord gives us plenty of opportunities. And as you <clears throat> listen to the announcements this morning, you'll see that there are a lot of opportunities available to us. We have 315 in our service this morning. We're glad for each and every one of you and for those that are watching online. I have a couple of cards this morning uh, to read. Thank you for thinking of me. It was so nice to get the fruit baskets from Becky Kendrick. And also, uh, dear church family, thank you for the the fruit basket and for all of those that assembled and delivered those. Thank you for the youth group and their servant heart. And that's from Kay Jackson. If your child is going to Maywood or Mid-South this summer, please pick up an information handout on the table in the foyer and check the boxes by uh, your child's name on the clipboard. If you have any questions about camp, see Stephen Hodgson. And also, there's always a need for someone that would sponsor a child to go to camp. Uh, January the 14th, next Sunday afternoon, song leading, songs of praise. We'll have one-on-one -on -one sessions, and this will be at the home of Jeremy and Leanne Jones. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer where you can uh, pick the time that you would like to go. And this is for all of the song leading uh, students, third grade and up. Bible Bowl will meet this afternoon at 4 o'clock in the TAC and this is for all the participants in Bible Bowl. And if you would, please take one of the uh, worship bulletins and let me highlight some of the things on here because there are a lot of opportunities here. Uh, there's a goof, gift card table in the foyer for uh, Tracy Cole Forrest. This is the son of Drew and Amanda Forrest. Uh, attention for all of our Good Samaritan participants and lads leaders and anyone else that would like to help. Here in the auditorium this afternoon at 2.30, we'll be putting out new pew Bibles. We need a lot of help to do that. Landmark Nursing Home is at 4 o'clock this afternoon. The Golden Circle Luncheon is Tuesday at 11.30. Uh, Golden Circle will be taking a trip to World Evangelism Warehouse in Winona, Winona on January the 26th. Uh, please sign up for that in the foyer, and anyone can go on that trip if they would like to go and help. The Food Pantry and Clothes Closet will be open this Thursday at 9 o'clock, and there will be a family skate night on Sunday night, January the 14th. Uh, we'll be at ice skating at the Cadence Bank Arena. Uh, 
And we will be, uh, Drew has told us about the youth, right, youth night, uh, and it's, it's the time of the year to start collecting the funds for lads to leaders. If you have any questions about that, please see Jonathan Farr or turn your uh, check in to the office. That's all of our announcements. Would you bow with me? Our Father, we are so thankful for the many opportunities to be of service to this community that you give us each and every day. And we pray that we will see those opportunities and step through those doors of opportunity to show the love of Jesus to this community. Be with us and help us to always do what's right. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.